Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance designed to help you reach out with God's truth to all people. Before we get started with today's program, you're invited to a free event this month at our church in Corona. Pastor Michael and guest speaker Dr. J.P. Moreland will talk about how you can biblically tackle the issues of depression, anxiety, mental illness, and more. Learn more and register for the free event when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael Lance in part two of his message in Revelation chapter 20 about the millennial reign of Christ. Even in the New Testament, Paul says that Satan thwarted us. There were things going on that were satanically energized. 1 Peter 5.8 says that Satan goes about like a what? Roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Doesn't sound like a chain to me. If it is, it's a long chain. In the book of Job, Satan appears before the Lord and there's a dialogue that goes back and forth. And basically, where have you come from? And Satan answered the Lord and said, from roaming about on the earth and walking around on it. Satan is still active from my read of the New Testament. I don't think he's been curtailed in his activities, although everything he does is still ultimately under the sovereignty of God. In that sense, he's on a chain. Everybody understand what I'm saying? God must allow what he does. God is ultimately sovereign, but still Satan is actively on the hunt. And he's been destroying lives for as long as really we can remember back to the fall. If you parked for a second and tried to think about the untold damage that he has done to lives, I don't think words could do it justice. Every time someone dies, I was just talking to a sweet sister in the congregation. She was recalling a memorial service for her father. She knew that her father knew the Lord. She knew where her dad was. But in another sense, she said, you know, every time somebody dies, it's almost like Satan is laughing. Are you sick of that? I'm sick of it. I'm sick of watching people who I love and, you know, looking around at a disease-ridden world in many respects, looking at death. And him who had the power of death is Satan, according to Hebrews chapter 2. And people live in fear of death. Ephesians 6 says, Finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you may take your stand against what? The schemes of the devil. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, Don't be ignorant of his schemes. Does it sound to you like the devil's incarcerated? I don't think so. Now I'm making the point because there are some, if you read on this, who are going to say, well, the one thing he can't really do anymore is lie to the nations. Well, I see nations in total darkness today. Now, there are moves of God in China and in other places in Africa, it's true, but there are other nations that are in total darkness. There's a little light in some places, but there are many nations that have been swept over by lies, doctrines of demons, 1 Timothy 4, verse 1. This angel laid hold of the dragon, 
the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan. Notice in verse 2, Satan is called a dragon and then he's called a serpent. Which is it? He's neither. He is not a dragon and he is not a snake. But these descriptions describe aspects of his character. He is like a snake in that he's slithery and, and so forth, slimy and whatever. <laughs> what, what, what else are snakes? Lispy. <laughs> and dragons are this fearful thing that we think about. And this angel laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for how long? For a thousand years. Now here's where we have this idea of the millennium. Satan, at this point, we've, we had the battle of Armageddon in Revelation 19, and now we have this angel seizing the dragon. You can almost you know, see the dragon trying to break loose of his grasp. You know, you can think of grabbing the tiger by the tail. Bad idea. You better have a chair and a whip, right? But Satan can't break the grasp of this angel. In the book of Isaiah, one of the places that scholars believe may be a reference to Lucifer describes it this way, Isaiah 14, 13 through 16. But you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of, of God. I will sit on the mount of the assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will make myself like the most high. Nevertheless, you will be thrust down to Sheol to the recesses of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you. They will ponder over you saying, is this the man who made the earth tremble? Who shook kingdoms? Do you think there's gonna be a point in time when believers get a look at Satan, maybe at this point in time when he's seized and shown for what he really is, here's what he is. He is a fallen angel. He is not the equal to God on the evil side. He was created by God. He may have been an archangel. We don't know for sure. And he fell and he fell hard. And that's all he is. Now that doesn't mean he doesn't have power. We know angels are very powerful. But at the same time, we need to realize who he is. And we need to resist him, firm in our faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. 1 John 5, 19 says, We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway or the power of the wicked one. We also see in 1 John that Satan can't touch us. And so this angelic warrior seizes the thrashing dragon, if you will, and binds him, and he is bound for a thousand years. That's what's going to make part of the beauty of this period of time is that Satan's no longer going to be up to his terrible activities. He's going to be chained. He's going to be bound. And threw him into the abyss, verse three, shut it and sealed it over him so that he should not deceive the nations any longer until, here's the mention again, the thousand years were completed. After these things, he must re be released for a short time. Just note that when the release does occur, and it won't be a jailbreak, it will be a release, it will be for a short time. Until that time, he ends up in a place called the abusos, the bottomless pit. Is it literal? Is there some sort of subterranean uh, hole somewhere in the heart of the earth that 
you know, is set up so that it's a bottomless pit and a bottomless fall, I don't know. But it sure is a scary concept. <laughs> you ever had a dream that you were falling in your dream? And I don't know about you, I always wake up before I hit the ground. Which is really convenient. <laughs> but some people have said, could you ever, could you imagine falling and never hitting bottom, a bottomless pit? It's a scary thought. And oftentimes when the Bible gives you a lake of fire or uh, you know, darkness that you can't even see your hand in front of your face or a bottomless pit, it's painting metaphoric pictures to show you how scary it can be to be under the judgment of God. When Jesus was upon the earth, he encountered that man with legion and they said, what do we have to do with you, Son of God? Have you come to torment us before the time? Matthew 8, 29. In Luke's account, 8, 31, they were entreating him not to command them to depart into the abusos. Luke 8, 31. Have you come to torment us before the time? It seems that the demons know what their ultimate place will be. And so, in chapter 20, verses 1 through 3, you have the first panel of four different views that we're going to get in this text. And you have the chaining of Satan and he is sealed for a thousand years. Next in Revelation 20 verse saw, verse 4, he says, I saw thrones and they sat upon them and judgment was given to them. Now this, we don't know if this is a heavenly scene or not, but what John says he sees next is thrones. Write down Daniel 7, 9 and 10. I kept looking until thrones were set up. The Ancient of Days took his seat. His vesture was like white snow, the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was ablaze with flames. Its wheels were a burning fire. A river of fire was flowing and coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands were attending him. Myriads upon myriads were standing before him. The court sat and the books were opened. Now these who are on the thrones, who are they? We don't know, but we saw 24 elders earlier in earlier chapters of Revelation. Is that who this is? We don't know for sure, but check out 1 Corinthians 6. Go back in your New Testament a little bit. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, look at verse 2. Paul is dealing with the Corinthian congregation. There's lots of problems there. And he says to them these words, 1 Corinthians 6, 2. 1 Corinthians 6, 2. He says, do you not know that the saints will judge the world? 1 Corinthians 6, 2. If the world is judged by you, are you not competent to constitute the smallest law courts? Do you not know that we shall judge angels? How much more matters of this life? Can't you guys, says Paul to the church at Corinth, even figure out the smallest dispute among you? Don't you know that one day you are going to judge angels? You say, Pastor Michael, what do you mean judge angels? Which angels? I don't think we'll be judging any good angels because they have no reason to be judged. But I think in some sense God will include us in the judging of evil angels and even watching the judgment of Satan when he's bound and incarcerated. Everybody with me? You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
but now we would like to invite you and your family to our free 633 event on Sunday, September 29th. If you suffer from depression, anxiety, mental illness, or know someone who does, come and listen to Pastor Michael's guest speaker, Dr. J.P. Moreland, author of Finding Quiet, for guidance and encouragement to overcome these issues. Dr. J.P. Moreland will reveal his extended battle with debilitating anxiety and depression while pointing you towards sound sources of information, treatment, and recovery. Afterwards, he and Pastor Michael will take questions from the audience. But space is limited, so please let us know if you're coming to this free 633 event. Register online at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Write down Daniel 7, 9 and 10. I kept looking until thrones were set up. The Ancient of Days took his seat. His vesture was like white snow, the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was ablaze with flames. Its wheels were a burning fire. A river of fire was flowing and coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands were attending him. Myriads upon myriads were standing before him. The court sat and the books were opened. Now these who are on the thrones, who are they? We don't know, but we saw 24 elders earlier in earlier chapters of Revelation. Is that who this is? We don't know for sure, but check out 1 Corinthians 6. Go back in your New Testament a little bit. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, look at verse 2. Paul is dealing with the Corinthian congregation. There's lots of problems there. And he says to them these words. 1 Corinthians 6, 2. 1 Corinthians 6, 2. He says, Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? 1 Corinthians 6, 2. If the world is judged by you, are you not competent to constitute the smallest law courts? Do you not know that we shall judge angels? How much more matters of this life? Can't you guys, says Paul to the church at Corinth, even figure out the smallest dispute among you? Don't you know that one day you are going to judge angels? You say, Pastor Michael, what do you mean judge angels? Which angels? I don't think we'll be judging any good angels because they have no reason to be judged. But I think in some sense God will Include us in the judging of evil angels and even watching the judgment of Satan when he's bound and incarcerated. Everybody with me? I don't know how this will all work, but here's the application if you turn back to Revelation for the modern Christian. Can we not, if, we're, if this is the position of the church, if this is who we are, can we not figure out how to settle disputes among ourselves? Hello? You know, the history of the church has been littered with disputes that have gone before secular law courts. And I'm sure you can all fill in the blanks. Even a story I heard of where a 
a church, members of a church ended up suing each other in a secular court and finally tracked back the problem that at a church potluck, a kid got a piecer, biggest, bigger piece of prime rib than an elder in the church. That's what started the whole thing. It was our church, 10 years, no, I'm just kidding. I was the elder, no, just kidding. Now, I do have issues with certain children on Sunday mornings if I see them with a maple bar. I just want to let you guys, no, I'm just kidding. I've, give it to the children. They, one commentator writes, the destiny of redeemed men and women to one day be higher than the angels and even to judge them must greatly annoy a certain high angel who did not want to serve as an inferior creature now and did not want that inferior creature to be raised up even higher than he. So he rebelled against God and is determined to keep as much of humanity as possible from sitting in judgment of himself. We can imagine the perverse, proud pleasure Satan takes over every soul that goes to hell. He says, they won't sit in judgment over me. Oh, I know, it's, it's a little strange to think about, isn't it? But we are caught in a cosmic drama. And much of the world, and sadly even the church, largely lives in ignorance of it. And I saw the souls, Revelation 20, if you pick it up again in verse 4, where we looked at the first part of Revelation 20, verse 4. We saw the thrones, and now we see the souls. Suke is the Greek word of those who had been beheaded because of the testimony of Jesus and because of the word of God. This is a group of martyrs. And, connecting word, I think a separate group here, and those who had not worshipped the beast or his image and not received the mark upon their forehead or upon their hand. If you want to write down Revelation 13, especially verses 15 through 18, you can go back and revisit that. You remember that you have to have the mark in order to what? To buy or sell. And so people are going to be under great pressure. And if you don't take the mark, there's a, obviously a very serious price to pay. There's a group of martyrs here that John sees. They were killed, beheaded because of the testimony of Jesus, because of the word of God. And those who had not worshipped the beast, I think a separate group, <coughs> excuse me, and had not received the mark upon their forehead or upon their hand. And they, it would appear the two groups, the martyrs and others, came to life and reigned with Christ for how long? For a thousand years. Now so far I think we've had three mentions of a thousand years. And so here we have these two groups. One group paid the ultimate price. The other group is also there. How do you think they ended up in the presence of God? What do you think? They were raptured. Because, look, if I've been laying out to you what's called a uh, pre-wrath view of the rapture, which means that the church will go through a good portion of Daniel's 70th week, okay? That means that when Jesus comes, he's going to rapture and rescue a group of believers. That means there has to be some believers left to rapture. Amen? And in Revelation 7, when we see this great multitude in heaven, they are an uncountable number. 
And so it would appear that even if the times get hard for the church, much of the church survives it. Maybe through supernatural protection, I don't know. Some people die, others do not. And the church is rescued by God. And they end up in the presence of Almighty God. And so you have martyrs, first group in chapter, uh, verse four. You have a second group that are there. They refuse to take the mark because if you take the mark, you're not a Christian. You're doomed if you take it. So they didn't take the mark. They survived and they were raptured. And they are with the Lord. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Now, everybody take a look. Just skip ahead to verse five. It would appear that the best way that this should be rendered is to put a parenthesis before the word the at the beginning of verse five and a parenthesis after the word completed at the end of that sentence. So the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were completed. That could be in parentheses to make this, I think, more understandable to us because the first resurrection at the end of verse five is in reference to the people of verse four. It's the first resurrection. Now, some of our all-millennial friends believe that the first resurrection is spiritual. They say this is not a physical resurrection. It speaks more to regeneration or a spiritual resurrection. I don't buy it. I'll tell you why. Because the context is talking about people who have died in verse four, and now they live again. They come to life again. They have been resurrected to physicalness, if you will. They came to life again, and they reign with Christ for a thousand years. Now, if the thousand years are literal, that's pretty cool, because you're gonna live longer than Methuselah. <laughs> Woo! You could be, someone might ask you, how old are you? You say, I'm 247. Check this out, shpam, right? It's not gonna be a problem. Why? <laughs> Did y'all like the shabam? Wasn't even in my notes, I promise. Why? Because you are going to have a resurrected body. No more sin, no more death, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more tears. If you lost some of your vertical leap, it's coming back. If you lost some of your hair, it's coming back. Amen. Woo! Come on. If you have too many sparklers in your hair, that is, not your original hair color, and you are tired of trying to cover it, with not-so-convenient products, it's coming back. Praise the Lord. Oh, and that's just part of it. You see, everything that was, been, that was lost and robbed from us will be restored. And a thousand years is just a drop in the bucket because we will never die. This is the first resurrection. If you are a Christian, you are part of the first resurrection. 
You've been listening to Pastor Michael Lance on Walk in Truth. This was part two of his message in Revelation chapter 20 about the millennial reign of Christ. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Remember that in addition to broadcasting on this great station, Walk in Truth is now available on your favorite podcast app. Are you listening to true crime podcasts on iHeartRadio? Well, listen to the true gospel from Walk in Truth, too. Walk in Truth is also available on apps like iPodcast, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Please subscribe and follow Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app and share an episode with a friend. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, hey, friend, I'd like to invite you and your family to our free 633 event on Sunday, September 29th. Now, if you suffer from stress, anxiety, depression, or a combination thereof, you're not alone. You may know someone who goes through this as well that you want to minister to. Well, come on out and listen to our great guest speaker, Dr. J.P. Moreland. You know, he's one of the top philosophers in the country, but he went through a stretch of time of deep depression and anxiety, and he's very honest about it. He's written a book called Finding Quiet, and he's going to talk about it at this Sunday night event, September the 29th, beginning at 6.33. We'd love to have you come on out for some encouragement. There's a time of worship, Q&A, and we even have a dinner that's going to be happening before the event at 5 p.m. So you can register for the event when you go to walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Come on out. I think you'll benefit from it, and we'll love to meet you there. Be sure to come back tomorrow to listen to Pastor Michael's conclusion of Revelation chapter 20 about the millennial reign of Christ. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. It's our goal to reach out with God's truth to all people.